Welcome to a football show, Monday edition, Thanksgiving week edition, I should say. His name is Zach. My name is Brayden. There's nothing else happening in the entire world except for Titans football and SEC football. So welcome to the show. Get in the comment section, turn on the notifications, and come on in to party, because that's what we're going to do today. Uh, No episode on Thursday because, well... It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's the greatest single day in the entire on the entire calendar. In the calendar, on the calendar, both. It's the greatest single day, greatest single weekend, greatest single holiday. These are not disputable facts. These are just the way it is. So welcome to the show, everybody. How are you? How so are you, so the the birthdays you celebrate for the birth of your children come second to Thanksgiving is what I'm hearing. Well, if I was in a court you of law. You said the single greatest day. If I was in a court of law, I would hedge and talk about my children. Uh, yeah. But like having organized now going on 10 separate birthday parties for two different children, they are amazing and spectacular, but they're not as fun for me as Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like you, you say the single is you mean the single greatest reoccurring day because, you, you know, the single yeah. greatest day of your life should be the day that we decided to do this show. Yeah, that's true. It, not, here's my order. Gr- the single greatest day, which is redundant, of course, of my life. Number one, first a football show. Number two, birth of my first child. Number three, birth of my second child. Number four, the day Alabama lost to Tennessee. Those are the top four of my life. No, I think it's the greatest count. I think it's the greatest holiday. Because it's just food, family, football, getting drunk. Like, it's just great. I love everything about it. I've grown it. to appreciate it the older that I get. Because really, Thanksgiving's not that fun if you're a child. No, typically. because no gifts. I get all that. But you yeah. also you take away all of the other oblig- like obligations. Again, I'm not a particularly religious person. But, like, you got to go to church on Christmas. Easter's got a church element. There's always, like, a some other part to the holiday that, like, b- draws your attention and your energy away. Not this one. This one's like, look. Sit on your ass, drink some beer, eat some delicious food, be thankful for your family, have a great time with them, yell at your drunk uncle who thinks the world is flat, and watch football. Like, what? There there could not be a better holiday on the entire planet. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't dispute. I, I'm a, I'm still partial to Halloween. Um, I do. I do I, I'm out on Christmas as a top-tier holiday. I don't think it's that, it's that great anymore. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tim. Says that I admit my love of my first child more. That's not what I said. I said the day the first child was born was was more unique. It was different because it was my first child, first time becoming a father. They are equal in my love. Uh, of course, they they're they're huge live streamers. They do a lot of live streaming. They watch a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of Twitter Titans SEC talk. You know, well, that's I mean, they're our social media manager as well. <laughs> that's true. They are. Um, all right, lots of stuff to on the show today. The Vols they choke. They're done. The playoff path. We'll discuss it. Hendon Hooker's Heisman Trophy chances. What has happened to that with the injury? Just an awful way to end what was a miraculous season. I think a very important question for Tennessee fans, how quickly can you go from the the in-the-moment emotions to the big-picture perspective on your on your team? I think that's a really important conversation for Tennessee fans. Rivalry week in the SEC is one of the best in all of college football. Also, what makes Thanksgiving weekend so wonderful is the Egg Bowl and clean old-fashioned hate and just the uh, the amount of vitriol that exists inside of the SEC this week is just so great. Iron Bowl, of course, that goes without saying. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about the Titans-Bengals, get you guys ready for a playoff rematch on Sunday at Nissan Stadium. So a lot of things to do. Special thanks to our great and amazing sponsors, The Pharmacy, of course, over there on McFerrin Avenue in East Nashville, locally owned and operated since 2011. Zach, did you know that The Pharmacy got its name because they found 
some some extracurricular activities when they were renovating the building back in 2011. They found some uh, illicit narcotics. And so they said, hey, it'll be the pharmacy. It's a great name. I did know that, and I, I find it I find it interesting. I did not know that until I was told that recently. So I just I <laughs> I just always just assumed it was some you know just a name pharmacy. Yes, it is a great name for a burger joint and bratwurst and tots. They make their own mustard. They source beers locally. It is a great place to grab lunch. Uh, of course, uh, anytime, anytime. It's not great if you're trying to watch a sporting event, but that's not what they're going for. They're going for talk to other human beings and have a communal experience around great food. It's really not a it's sometimes it's pretty nice, actually, to not be looking at a screen while you're hanging out with your family and your loved ones. So a- after we got done talking about Thanksgiving and watching football with your family, uh, go check out the pharmacy. Of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, locally owned and operated for over a decade, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Don't make any decisions about your house. If you're going to make a big addition, you're going to do a renovation, you're buying a house, you're selling a house, make sure you talk to the Kingston Group before you do anything else. And of course, Weiss Liquors, Uber Eats, search Uber Eats for Weiss Liquors. Have them deliver the booze to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes, Zach. They drive so you could drink. There you go. And and of course, Andrew is the manager in there. You need some help with some wine selection for the Thanksgiving holiday. Make sure you pop in. They got a great bourbon selection as well. They do a lot of um, a lot of those allocations. They'll just sort of randomly throw some stuff out. So just keep an eye on uh, the socials there. Give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Weiss Liquors. And uh be, they'll keep you up to date on the, the specials that they're putting out there. Uh, so go check out, again, all locally owned and operated businesses, Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group Pharmacy. We will not have a show on Thursday, but we will have you covered in other places. Of course, Broadway Sports Media, great place to get your content. Football and other efforts will be out this week. Fringe Element will be out this week. So we got a lot of college and pro football still to go for you guys uh, on the platforms, all across the platforms, Zach. Um, there you have it. So and maybe we'll talk about the meats that you're cooking later on in the show. Yeah, there you go. So... Uh, first and foremost, the train wreckage, the micturation on the rug, the pooping on yourself, the urinating down your leg. I'm not sure what other defecation Tennessee did over the weekend. They they get in a fight with themselves, not confirmed, a non-confirmed denial from Josh Heupel today that Jeremy Banks didn't play because probably he got into an altercation with the team. Is it like a non-confirmed, non-confirmed confirmation, right? I mean, like yeah. he basically said, yeah, there was something that happened. Yeah, there's the non-denial denial, and this is like the opposite yeah. <laughs> of that. Um, but they just, like, look, Spencer Rattler's really talented. They were going to get a game like this. No one saw this coming. The Tennessee defense regressed to the mean. And they get their ass kicked on defense. No answer for Spencer Rattler in what was largely a near-perfect performance by the South Carolina quarterback. Yeah, it was it was wild. So my my Saturday uh, was our this was our second wedding anniversary weekend. So what I did since it's two years, I did two different places for dinner. So the Saturday we went to this place called Bokiera down in Fifth of Broadway. It's the top of place. Pretty good. It's not not too bad. Not as good as pharmacy, but, but pretty good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It made a totally different restaurant. I mean, I, I'm not going to Bokiera for great burgers because they don't even have burgers. <laughs> if I'm going anywhere for great burgers, always pharmacy. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so I go down there and we're leaving. So I check my phone. That's the first time I check my phone. It's 28 to 14, South Carolina. And I can't believe it. So I, we're, we head over to a friend's house and he's a Georgia fan. So he hates UT. So I tell him <laughs> that it's 28 to 14 after we exchange pleasantries and stuff. But we turn on the game and we just, you know, look, I know I've been a big supporter of the the volunteers this whole this whole year and everything. 
fans just couldn't contain themselves. I had to turn on the fans, and the <laughs> Alabama fandom kicked in, and I could not enjoy more than watching them just get embarrassed and yeah. show that uh, though they have come a long way, they're just not there yet. Because, you know, in all honesty, all damn day, all I watched and read and heard were UT fans worried about other teams and they were not worried about their team. And come to find out the team that you should have been most worried about on Saturday was your team itself. Well, and I like, so this is some of the stuff I, I, I hate Twitter so much. I'm hating it more and more every day, uh, but it is my drug of choice. And I'm a, I was so like, I, you know, when they were talking about shutting it down on Thursday during the game, during the <laughs> Titans game, you know, everybody started putting out these heartfelt messages and all this stuff. I'm thinking, Man, it sure would be nice for my mental health if this it, fucking no, app went away. You are one million percent correct. Like it is. I wouldn't miss any of you guys. I'm sorry. No. I would just be you guys, like on Twitter. Like I don't care. Like I, I would miss. Done. I would miss it so badly. But that's because I've curated my experience into a very particular like bubble yeah. of like this is what I like. I want college football. I want world news, and I want people that like I I think are nice humans. Like I don't I don't have to agree with you, but I just want you to be a nice person. And there's a lot of awful human beings on Twitter. Uh, but this is what one of the things I don't like about it, and I know you texted me because I got uh, on the <laughs> Cole takes exposed again, which happens all the time. What I don't, what I don't like, about, and I know it's like how he's built his business. He's now got a book out and everything. Like I get, I get it. But because dunking is like what Twitter's for, right? You you were wrong then, and now you're you were right then, and now you're. I'm not. It goes without saying that you have to be concerned with your own game. Like I don't know why that's a thing. That you can comment on, man, Michi the Michigan game didn't go your way, Tennessee, or the TCU game didn't go your way. You really should be paying attention to the USC game. Like, it goes without saying that you have to win your own fucking football yeah. games. Like, it's not, that's not some weird, like, and, and no opinions that I've ever had in the past. Am I going to go back and change at the time? I will change my opinion now. After seeing that dumpster fire of a defense performance against South Carolina, you change your opinion now as a rational, free-thinking adult, and you say, look, I don't think Tennessee's probably a top-four team now. And you say that now after you watch them shit the bed. I'm not changing my opinion back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they also like, lose a quarterback amidst all this, too, right? I right. mean, there, there's, no, there's no way you can say that Joe Milton is anywhere close to the level that Hinton Hooker's at. Now, he may have, like, a cannon for an arm, but if that cannon ain't aimed at the right direction, it doesn't really he's, fucking matter. It, it doesn't even matter if it's aimed at the right direction. It's not. It's going to be 10 yards too high. Like, he's yeah, terrible. He's terrible. It, he, he, we're talking about a guy in his fifth year of college, and you're expecting, you know, like, these fans are expecting something from Joe Milton. I'm just like, ugh, ugh, you, you fans. I, they're, yeah, they're ridiculous. Bad. Look, you know, I, I, I hate it for some of the fans, but for the majority of the fans, you know, this was this was fantastic for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, other other teams have just destroyed the Gamecocks on, on a weekly basis, and you, you, they go in there, and the volunteers are supposed to be the better team. They're supposed to be a top four team, and you're not you're not a top four team if you can't do, if you can't take care of a of a team like the Gamecocks, and and that's unfortunately. Yep. What happened? And, you know, look, I don't I don't, you know, regret backing the, the volunteers all season long and backing them all through the summer, because like like we both have said. They're still going to be something. I mean, this isn't the end of the road. I, I couldn't believe how many uh, fire coach Heupel tweets oh, that Jesus. I saw, which is ridiculous. And that you oh, do need to get rid of the Twitter application. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I see other people retweet. I don't go seeking out. 
volunteer <laughs> tweets because I know that it's yeah. just the yeah. it's the worst version of Twitter is volunteer Twitter in my that, opinion. That's sports Twitter. no no truer words may ever have been spoken. Uh, th- that the worst version of Twitter is is vol Twitter. Um, I listen. Their defense was always a major question. Mm-hmm. It's it was never not the depth, the talent, the the metrics. There's never like they gave up 500 yards to Florida in week three. Like there's ne- it's never not been the weakness of the team. And Spencer Rattler has always had this type of ability. But you knew he was going to get somebody. You just didn't think it was going to be this situation. But when you look at it and you look at how it all comes together, I, I mean, he's never played a game like that in his entire life. He's never not, not not at Oklahoma, not in high school, not not at South Carolina. He's throwing like deep back shoulder fades, play action against double coverage, and it's like on a dime. Like he's sometimes you just run into a guy where the talent finally actually meets like the actual production, and you just got to take it on the chin. Like you just got to take the L and say, "Look, we are a really, really good team. They are a top ten team. They still belong in the conversation." Josh Heupel does for Coach of the Year. Like they've made huge strides. There's a bigger picture here, not to lose sight of. But at the end of the day, you just didn't have a good enough defense to be on the same platform as, you know, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, whatever. I would argue, Zach, after watching college football this weekend, that nobody, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU included, are on the same platform as Georgia. <laughs> Georgia is just on a different. I don't know. Georgia level. did not look that great against Kentucky for, for the majority of that game, and I, I think you, I think what the problem is that Georgia is inconsistent. But when they are consistent, it's against the oh. very best teams. It's like none of the no one can take advantage of when Georgia is not good. And and here's something that I want I want to say is because this is from Jason McDonald. It fucking sucks, but I hit acceptance by the third quarter. Very good year, just not as great as it could have been. To to me, this is a better year than what it was supposed to be, right? I mean, like yeah. I, I don't what he's saying because you're obviously your expectations for a team changes throughout the year. But at the beginning of the year, I kept saying that the volunteers were going to be contending for the West crown or the East, uh, the SEC East crown. And you kept saying, eh, they'll probably be eight wins. You know, that that's kind of where you had them in yeah, a, eight or a, nine, eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah. And so to me, this is still, it's, it's a good sign. And it's better than what, what you pretty much anybody probably expected. Right. Except for maybe yes. I may have been the only person to expect it. But no, there's there's a lot of people that went like 10 and two, like Chris yeah. Doring, in fact, I think who's going to be our guest on Fringe Element this week, by the way, Chris Doring had him at 10 and two. There was a few people that went like out of the box and went 10 and two. And people were like, oh, that seems outlandish. That's ridiculous. And that's probably where they're going to finish. Now, again, Vanderbilt, congratulations on a great win over Florida. That's a clear again, another clear sign of progress for Clark Lee. Vanderbilt is absolutely developing in the right direction. And now they're going to one win away from beating Tennessee without their star quarterback from getting to a bowl. So it's going to be a real game on Saturday, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. But if Tennessee wins 10 and two will be an exceptional season, an exceptional season. It's the best season they've had in 15 fucking years. It is an exceptional season. And I think making sure you remember the big picture is really important for Tennessee people, because as, 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 Sto- as Sobro says, if you'd asked balls fans in August, you're going to have a chance at the sugar bowl and 10 wins. I think every single one of them signs that signs it in blood right there on the spot. Right. And and they should. And, you know, look, it it it, it sucks. I, I fully understand. Trust me, as an Alabama fan, this this football season sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and and, you know, I, I came to terms with it when I saw the Texas game. And I know that's the first game of the year, but I was like, this just ain't it. In fact, 
the fans are sick of Bill O'Brien. And, and to me, it just, <laughs> I knew you could feel it. Like it, there's a, there's a point when I am watching Alabama play throughout the year. There's a point where I could just feel it. Either they're going to go to the championship or they're not going to go to the championship. Watch them still make the playoff somehow. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that would be, that would be wild. And it would be quite frankly, almost mm. undeserving in my opinion that yeah. they make it in. Yeah. And they're, they're I would not. be, they're not going to get in. Yeah. No, but when you're talking about that, is there still a path for the college football playoffs and the volunteers? Like a viable path. Like I know there's probably some weird mathematics. No. Gymnastics you can make that if this no. person loses and this person loses, then the, the UT comes in or maybe they're in talks. But is there a viable path? No, I, I don't think there's enough. They needed a lot of that chaos that didn't happen on Saturday to have happened. Like they needed TCU to lose and for Michigan to lose. If that had happened, if USC had lost, there might be a chance. But you still got Clemson. You still got like if LSU. But aren't Georgia, the Volunteers even with Joe Milton better than Clemson? No, not with Joe. You Milton. don't think so? Joe, Joe Milton. Uh, listen, I I'm not trying to be harsh on a young person playing college football. I don't like doing that. Joe Milton is not a good quarterback. He he is not. He is he ain't it, man. He just isn't it. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy, a wonderful kid. I don't like again. I don't like saying college kids are awful. I just it doesn't feel good, but. He's awful. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, I just, I, I could hit, I could hit Cedric Tillman in the end zone on that pass, on that pass play. So he, he's not it. If Hendon Hooker was healthy, I still don't think it changes the path. Like USC is real dangerous. They've got a bunch of, t bunch of games they got to win. I, I, I'm, if I'm LSU, even, and even you beat Georgia, you may not have a path into the playoffs. So I, the committee does not look favorably on really ugly, bad losses. Generally speaking, Really ugly, bad losses hurt you. And Tennessee has a really ugly, bad loss. I don't think two loss Oregon, if they win the Pac-12, can get in. I don't like I, I there's there's other two loss teams, Bama, LSU, that I don't think can get in with two losses. Certainly not one that got their ass kicked and didn't win their division. So, yeah, it, and listen, it's a great season. Don't don't miss the, the forest through the trees, though. OK, so, yeah, I you know, I just always wonder, you know how much an injury like Hendon Hooker affects it in the eyes of everything. Cause I saw that you still have UT ranked at seventh, And I was very surprised when I saw that tweet yesterday, because I'm thinking, are they still the seventh best team without Hendon Hooker? No, no. Um, if you beat Vanderbilt without Hendon Hooker and you finish with their bot, like it's, this is what's really hard for the committee. And I think for fans to understand, like it's still body of work. It's still the entire season. And Tennessee's entire season doesn't doesn't just disappear from an evaluation standpoint just because they had one really awful game. That really awful game is a really big part of the evaluation now. But you don't forget all the great wins in the top top five schedule and the big top ten wins and the four touchdown win over LSU and be like you don't. That's still all in there. Oregon has two losses. Like so, you, you don't think the committee looks at it like okay, it's just Joe Milton. It's not hidden Hooker, so this team is not as good. That's a big drop off. You know, so this team's obviously not as good as what their resume suggests because they're missing the guy who got them all the wins. Uh, so this is like the Kenyon Martin thing. Um, okay. I don't know if anybody who gets that reference, if you get it, Kenyon Martin was uh, Cincinnati was like number one in the nation in college basketball in like the late nineties. And Kenyon Martin gets injured. I think he breaks his leg right before the tournament. And they like the committee drops him down one spot to like a two seat or something. And sure enough, they go out in the sweet 16. So I think it's interesting that you have, you have to evaluate a team for who they are to your point. But also, you don't just eliminate the body of work. This is the same conversation with the Heisman for, for Hendon Hooker, which is, like, how do you evaluate the entire body of work, but also who they are currently? And we saw this with Ohio State when they lost 
uh, I believe it was JT Barrett, and Cardell Jones comes in, plays the last three games of the regular season. They crush Wisconsin 59 to nothing, and he takes them to the national championship. So we've seen it kind of not affect how the committee views you, but you need evidence to show somebody what you are. Like, honestly, this isn't even a question for me. Like, Tennessee has no path. Like, there's no. There's no path for Tennessee, but they are still a top 10 team in college football, in my opinion. Interesting. Interesting. Cause I, I feel like the, the, the gap between Joe Milton and Hinden hooker is just so it's massive. It's massive. It's massive enough that they, I don't think they're a top 10 team with, with Joe Milton. It'll be interesting to see what Joe Milton does versus Vandy, obviously, but also in the bowl game, whatever bowl game they put in, because you, that right there will show you, as a whole, what the team is. But but don't you think you're ranked on, again, not just like right now, they played zero games without Hendon Hooker. So like right now, everything that you've evaluated about Tennessee still has to be with Hendon Hooker. How do they, if they beat Vanderbilt by two touchdowns, you know, whatever, which is, the, I think, the point spread, and they're 10-2, and two, aren't they still 10-2 and two with, and you evaluate them based on the body of work? Because again, they're not making the playoff, so yeah. I, it doesn't really matter if they're six or nine or eleven or whatever. Like, I still think they're a top ten team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how efficient the offense is, because I think that's what you yeah. got to look at. It's not that that may they're probably still going to score a lot of points, even though that I'm to think I'm going to sprinkle some money on the Vandy money line. It's not a bad play, <laughs> but I I do think that it's going to be even if they win by two, it may be like. 21 to seven, you know, like yeah, it may, it's yeah. not going to be as efficient as what it has been. I think that matters in the, in the big yep. scheme of things, but let's talk about hidden hooker because, you know, I've been, I've been watching this guy that just hidden hooker, but this other quarterback, and I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard his name mentioned in conversations for the Heisman. And that's Michael Penix <laughs> jr. From Washington, who is Good making stud. some amazing throws and, is got more passing yards than Hinden Hooker. He's got two less touchdowns and more interceptions. But does Hinden Hooker's injury open the door for the field? Because really, he was the front runner, right? I mean, don't you think that Hinden Hooker, in the eyes of the Heisman voters, is the front runner? So I, I am a voter, and I have no clue who my top five are right now. Honestly, um, it's only one game for Hooker in terms of what he missed. Here's the problem with Hooker. He wasn't the best quarterback on the field against Alabama. He was he was amazing, but he wasn't the best. He played his worst two games of the entire season against Georgia and South Carolina. And those two games are what has cost Tennessee a chance at the playoff. Is that fair? Maybe not, because the defense sucks. I, I don't know. Caleb Williams right now is doing spectacular things, carrying a team that's probably similar to Tennessee. Not a lot of depth on defense. You know, carrying a team to what could be a playoff spot with like just as good a numbers. Penix Jr., by the way, if you have not watched Washington, he is a pro quarterback. Like that dude throws the football like an NFL player. Um, really good receivers at Washington as well. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Max Duggan at TCU. The two drives by Max Duggan. The final now, we're, two... we are not putting Max Duggan in this conversation for Heisman. I'm just saying the final two drives of that game, he carried his team to victory without his number one receiver and out his number one running back. And they beat an arch rival on the road to stay unbeaten to try to keep a playoff spot going. Point is, I, I, I work around to try to find other players not named just quarterback for this award. It's really hard this year to look past the star power at the quarterback position. Like, do I want to vote for Jalen Carter? I would love to, but he missed a big chunk of time. Like, I, Will Anderson, who's who I voted for last year, because I thought he was the best player in college football. Like that's that's it. 
I, I don't know how you look past CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, you know, Max Duggan, Michael Penix, pick a quarterback that's carrying a team to a potential championship or a playoff berth. I think it's going to be hard for voters to look past that. And with all those options, I think it's going to be hard for Hooker to stay top of mind when his two worst performances were Georgia and South Carolina. Like he was not recent. Like, doesn't that matter? Recency bias just a little bit, you know, to maybe some of these voters like, okay, right before he went down getting injured, he wasn't really playing his best game and he didn't really play his best game a couple weeks ago against Georgia. Like, yeah, I think it's just like all adds in together. Yeah. It all piles up together when you have such a close race. Bo Nix, unfair, unfair has, has lost some Heisman steam because of losing to Washington, even though the game was great because he got a little hurt and he didn't, he was clearly not the same player against Utah this week, but they still won. I, my issue is that if you watch the South Carolina game, he missed open dudes. Like Hendon Hooker was missing players against South Carolina and South Carolina is not all that special on defense. He was not good before he got hurt. They didn't lose the game because of his injury. That's, that's the problem, right? Um, now he doesn't play defense, but I mean, Hooker is still absolutely in the conversation, but I, I still need to see what goes on around the country and who does what, because there's a lot of great quarterback candidates this year. And I wish there were other guys like defensive players, offensive linemen, linebacker, just something else to look at and find and grasp, grab onto. Jalen Carter is probably the best player in college football, like, but I, you can't vote for him for the Heisman. So why? Why not? I just don't think he's done enough. Like he hasn't played enough games, hasn't been as as instrumental in his team's success. I mean, he's been big in big games, but uh, hasn't. I, I don't know. I just it, it's weird. <laughs> it's, like I would love it to be like the left tackle from Northwestern because he's the best offensive lineman in the country. But like that's not going to happen. You know, voters aren't going to do that. So. Uh, w- uh, will Harold Perkins get some votes? I that's an interesting question. How does he play against Georgia, Zach? Yeah. That's really I mean, what it might matter. What he might he's he's spectacular. I mean, he, he's he one of the best players I've ever seen take the field. Like as a freshman, that is ridiculous. It's ridiculous what he does, how he diagnoses plays, how he's how physical he is. I mean, his speed, unbelievable. I, listen, yeah. I know drafting linebackers in the first round is a very sore subject for the Tennessee Titans, but if for some reason Mike Vrabel got and Shane Bowen got their hands on oh Harold Perkins later on down the road, woo. Well, like, Ooh. again, if you told me who are, like, the best three players in the SEC, hypothetically, yeah. I could say Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Harold, Harold Perkins. And like I, I would say I would put Harold uh, Perkins over Will Anderson, to be honest with you, in your rankings. I'd put uh, Will Anderson at three just because I, I, I don't know what it has been this year, but he just hasn't. Well, and I, I, I know he's still good. He just hasn't been as good as he has in past. And I wasn't even doing that in any particular yeah. order. But if you told me those are the three best, if you came to me as a scout and you're like, those are the three best players in the SEC, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't, because Jalen Carter, I think is the best player in America. I think Will Anderson, when he's right last year, for example, is up there in that conversation. And Perkins is already on his way. So, um, and again, if you ask me who's the best quarterback in college football, it's Bryce Young. Yeah. Bryce Young Bryce Young is the best quarterback in college football. It's still Bryce fucking Young. And people with Alabama fatigue over their faces still can't see and acknowledge reality because they're judging Bama against Bama and not Bama against the rest of college football. Right. Which is Bama is still a top five or six team in college football, and Bryce Young's still the best player in America. So well, we got a lot of SEC talk this weekend. So we yeah. got, you know, Alabama versus Auburn, which I think is should be a bloodbath, in my opinion. Three touchdown line. Yeah, right? I I, th- I think it. it I kind of think that that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be a uh, a bloodbath. You You're know, not riding the Cadillac wave here. 
I, I do like, you know, the um the Cadillac wave, I guess you'd call it. Um riding the Cadillac. I don't know. Yeah. There's gotta be something better. I, I like I like Cadillac Williams and I know that he's not going to get a uh, get this job, but I mean they should kind of consider it to the be. The story is great. You. The story is great. It's why we love college football. This kind of thing doesn't happen in the NFL, although the Colts are trying strangely. Um, it it doesn't an, an alumni who was a star on the team in the past, who really has no qualification for the job, has now rallied a bunch of young people around him because they all love their university. Like that only happens in college. Like that's that's a cool story. I don't think it's enough to overcome 21 points. Although I would take the points if I was betting on the game. I would take Auburn plus the points. Uh, favorite SEC rivalry on Thanksgiving weekend is what outside of Alabama and Auburn for you? Ooh, I think I like the Egg Bowl. Hell yes! Yeah, Great answer. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's the second best uh, rivalry week rival uh, it's, game. I, I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, I think there's South- always something crazy that happens yes. in it. I mean, whether yes. it's someone peeing on <laughs> uh, doing a dog piss or. You know, it's just there's always something crazy. It's always really fun to watch. I mean, right now the line for that is Mississippi uh two and a half. Two, two? and a half, and then yeah. over under is fifty-nine. And oh boy. Yeah, I don't I think I would go the may go the under. I, I really don't know what this game is gonna be like because these teams have been so inconsistent. So Georgia Georgia Tech is not a competition this year. This yeah. week this year it's a 35 point spread. Greatest nickname of a rivalry, clean old fashioned hate. But if you look at the rest of these rivalries, and South Carolina, Clemson is nobody inside that state. They, they hate each other as much as it, people inside the state of Alabama and the people inside the state of Mississippi, Louisville, Kentucky, the people inside of that state. They all hate each other as much as everybody else. But what I, what I think is remarkable is that there are, there are more things at stake in this week of rivalry football in the SEC than I can ever remember. South Carolina is closer to Clemson than ever before, and Clemson's fighting for a playoff spot. Kentucky and Louisville are fighting for like season defining wins. The Egg Bowl is my favorite with you. I'm with you on that. And and the both of those seasons will be defined by what takes place in this game, right? Cuz if Ole Miss loses, they'll be lo- they'll lose like three straight to end the year and they'll they won't look as good. 8 and 4 doesn't look as good as their start. Mississippi State loses their 6 and 6. Like there's just so much hanging in the balance this weekend. Uh, I love it. Vanderbilt's trying to get bowl eligible. Missouri's trying to get bowl eligible. Like this is a this is one of the best rivalry weekends I can remember. Okay, let's go through game by game. All right. And let's pick who's going to win. And I'm going to write them down. We're going to see who oh, uh, nails this weekend. All so right, Mississippi State, it. Ole Miss. Uh, I'm going to take State, Mississippi State. Upset I, on the road. I am taking Ole Miss on that one. Okay. And we're doing straight up. Not, not covering the spread or okay. anything. We're just straight up. Arkansas, Missouri. I'm going to go Arkansas. I'm going Arkansas, too. Florida and Florida State. Florida State could be big. Yeah, I I went Florida State on there. Georgia, Georgia Tech, I think we're both taking Georgia. next. (laughs) Uh, South Carolina and Clemson. I might, if you're gambling, maybe South Carolina on the money line, but uh, Clemson is the best defense. And I imagine a regression from Spencer Rattler this week. You're going Clemson? Yeah, you got to take that. I'm going South Carolina. Outright? Outright. I love going with it. I love that. I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you dinner at pharmacy. You get that right. <laughs> All right. Louisville, Kentucky. This is Louisville is riding so high right now. Kentucky is not playing good football. Um, this one's the toughest one with, with the egg bowl. Uh, give me, give me Kentucky because we don't know how healthy the Louisville quarterback Cunningham is right now. Yeah. I'm going to take Louisville. 
Uh, if, if I knew Auburn, if I knew Cunningham was fully healthy, I would take Louisville. Gotcha. Uh, I'll take I'll take Bama. Yeah, I'm taking Alabama, obviously. Uh, LSU and Texas A&M. This is a deeper, more hateful rivalry than anyone understands. It goes back way before they joined the SEC. That I-10 rivalry, Katrina displaced so many people from Louisiana into the Houston area, so they all know each other. Like there is so much more overlap and and interwoven fabric in this rivalry. They there, hate there is no home field advantage because those fans are done with this. Texas yeah, that's AD. true. They hate each other so much more than people realize. It's the I-10 thing, the I-10 rivalry. Give yeah. me LSU. Yeah, uh, I'm going. <laughs> know what i'm gonna do you can't take a&m in that game Come i'm gonna on. take them i'm gonna take Jesus. them i'm gonna take them all right okay vanderbilt and tennessee i i think this is a much closer game than people think uh i would take i like your vandy money line pick but i will take the balls to go all right I, i'm taking vanderbilt oh i love this dude ballsy I'm, 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 i think this weekend is ripe for some of these teams to like you know what's texas a&m playing for other than sp- to try to spoil yeah. them like it's a lot of uh Wild animal games, you know, you got a wild animal backed into a <laughs> caged, corner, yeah, caged a caged wolverine. Yeah, uh, I mean, Auburn's playing for bowl eligibility, Missouri is, and so is Vanderbilt. That's three right there. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's gonna. Be, I'm with you, dude. I think this is gonna be an awesome college football weekend. It's gonna be great. Um, all right, you want to talk Titans? Let's talk Titans. You want to talk sp- sponsors first? Yeah, let's do. I was gonna say, let's talk about our wonderful and amazing title sponsors right here above me. If you're watching on the YouTube's, as you should be, or Twitter, uh, the pharmacy, of course, right there. Uh, right there over on McFerrin Avenue. Love those folks. Make the best burger and brats, the best mustard in the city. You want to get out of stuff. You want to go to lunch, have a nice lunch, take the kids, a family of four. You can get out of there for less than 50 bucks. Phenomenal place to go eat lunch, Zach. I, 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 as someone who is a burger and brat connoisseur, I know you are a meat expert as well. Uh, I know you're cooking lots of fancy meats this weekend. Uh, I am. I, I think you can take it from us that the pharmacy is pretty freaking good. Okay. Yes. So it's a pretty freaking good place to eat a burger. All right. How about that? Go to go to go to the pharmacy. Um, what about if you had a big decision, Zach? What if you had hypothetically your wife comes to you? Okay. And she says, Look, the bonus room isn't cutting it uh, upstairs. We need to make we need to add a wall and add a door and we need to fix this and maybe kick out that and add a dormer here and make a third bedroom because I want to have a third kid. I, these are all hypothetical things, of course, Zach. Yeah. If someone were to come to you with your wife were to come to you with all those requests, what would you do? I would uh, definitely call the Kingston Group. That would be my first choice because they are all about high quality. Because we, I've read up on them when I hosted the show without you. <laughs> I read read up on everything about them, did the research, you know, picked up yeah, all buzzwords yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I truly believe the Kingston Group's the best in the business in the Nashville area. Do you trust the general contractor? No, I wouldn't trust just one off the street. I mean, no. I would have to, you know, talk and interview and do all that. See here. I already have a peace of mind. Uh, I would say a peace of mind going about, into it. So I really like, I probably already have my mind made up that it's all going to come yeah. down to price. Cause I know the quality is going to be good. It, it, the, the peace of mind is slow smoked into the experience. Like you already know it's baked in right to the experience. We don't do baking though. We smoke meats uh, just like the pharmacy, of course. And then there's Weiss liquors overall, almost a hundred years since world before World War II, Weiss Liquors has been serving Nashville beverages. Go check them out. Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors and have the booze delivered to your house. And as quickly as 20 minutes, Zach. They drive so you can drink. There you have it. So Weiss Liquors right there. Kingston Group right there. Pharmacy right there. We love these guys. Locally owned and operated. Always here in Nashville. 
Of course, same thing with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. All right, so check us out. Check it all out. Okay, rematch. Oh, <laughs> hang on. Sorry, I got to get this out of my system. If you are, if you have not watched, and you are not, or I, I, I can't speak, Zach. I can't speak. Talk, talk, talk right now. Well, we got the Titans versus Bengals. I'm assuming. I'm assuming the United States uh, have scored a goal against Wales. Uh, do you know who scored it? Uh, I believe that we will win. Uh, I, I did not see who. Here's the build up. This is bad uh, uh, commentating here. Uh, I think it was Winston McKinney with the setup there. Polisic takes the ball uh, and a nice, beautiful setup there. And I believe it's Timothy Weah who scores. Uh, nice. What a what a beautiful play. One nothing in the 35th minute on Wales, which, by the way, we were talking about this during the show. Like we're in a group with England and Wales. This is like the United States of America being in the World Cup and also the state of New York. Yeah, I don't understand like why Wales gets to. I mean, I'm I'm being a stupid American right now. I get that. But like, whatever, like it's anyway, let's see if we can hold it. Let's see if we can hold it together. <laughs> let's go, boys. Let's go, boys. OK, this interlude is now concluded. Tennessee Titans rematch with the Cincinnati Bengals. From the Revenge playoffs. game, baby. Revenge game. We all know what happened. Three interceptions for Tannehill. Nine sacks against Joe Burrow. We, we all know what happened. We relitigated re it a million times. My, my question is, and we'll talk about the Bengals' rush defense and Joe Burrow's success and all this stuff. Um, do you think, do the metrics indicate that the performance of Ryan Tannehill in the passing game over the last two weeks is something that they can sustain moving forward, in particular, against Cincinnati on Sunday? I mean, I think they could do it against Cincinnati. Um, you saw the the Steelers have some set success through the air, and Kenny Pickett's a, a horrible, horrible quarterback. So if the Steelers <laughs> can do it, then there's no reason that the Titans shouldn't be able to do it. Um, I think that it comes down to me about this game and about believing in this offense is can can they continue scheming guys open like they have been? And they they particularly have done it really well against the Green Bay Packers. And I think the Green Bay Packers, I think, is a more talented defense than what the Bengals have currently. And I'm not a big believer in this Bengals team. And after watching all day red zone for like the second or third time, you know, just all day, <laughs> just watching red zone for the fourth or fifth time probably this year, because the Titans have had a couple primetime games and bye weeks and all this stuff. This is the worst NFL product I have ever seen. As, <laughs> and I have to start remembering that when I'm talking about the Titans chances in the postseason. You're talking about the whole league, right? The whole league is just terrible. I've been saying it. It is just terrible football, and you have been saying it, but it's just it, it just Ugh. really it just really hit home yesterday. And this Bengals team is not that good. And I know that Jamar Chase may be back and, he, and whatever. Even if he is back, he's not 100%. And if he is back, I have faith in this Tennessee team that they're good enough to stop this the scheme and stop this offense because it's a terrible team. I do not think the Bengals are as good as what everybody wants to make them out to be. I think that right now the Titans are probably the second best team in the NFL. Like if you had to make <laughs> me go through and say – regular season who is the second best team in the nfl i have to go with the tennessee Titans we, because now in the second half they're not even the worst team in the second half in on offense anymore that that belongs to the they're really belongs to the panthers the rams and the and the denver broncos oh my god this, you this is just so 
fucking NFL season. If you guys want to really just fucked. go, if, it, dude, it's so I, I've been saying it all season. It is the worst football I have seen on Sundays of my life. It, it is so bad. And I don't know if, again, there's a lot of quarterback injuries. I think defenses are catching up to some of the schemes that people are running. Uh, the quarterback, a lot of these quarterbacks are aging out all at the same time, right? Rogers, Brady, Russell, these guys, Russell Wilson, they're all kind of aging out at the same time. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, but I do think it gives Titans fans hope. And if you go back and listen to Zach after the Buffalo game, um, he's singing a very different tune from second best team listen, in the NFL. <laughs> I don't think, again, I, I have to say this every time, because when you start talking about how good that Ryan Tannehill plays or how good this team has looked, you always have those trolls that have to say, well, it doesn't really matter because Ryan Tannehill sucks in the playoffs. Look, Neon lights, asterisks, I don't care what you need to put. Whenever I talk about the success that the Titans are having in the regular season, I fully understand. You should know this by now. I have zero faith in them in the postseason. <laughs> but I think it's very likely that because Ryan Tannehill is not playing bad football, he's not playing great football, even though you can say that he played really great against the Packers. He's not turning the ball over. He's not making bad decisions at a high rate like he was last year. That last year was turnovers, turnovers, turnovers for Ryan Tannehill. This year, it's not. Yeah. Does not mean that he can't go in there and throw three <laughs> fucking picks in the postseason. Yeah. But true. if you're talking about, if is this a prime opportunity for the Tennessee Titans to take advantage of just how, basically, you know how shitty the NFL is if the Titans win the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to be happy, but don't get me wrong. It's because everybody else completely <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> hey, Hey, and I know you retweeted the story about, uh, uh, from the athletic about Mike Vrabel and the Titans. And I think it was Mike Sandoz mailbag or Mike Sandoz pick six or whatever it is. And it, it, listen, the, it may not be pretty. They may not be the, the team that can win in the postseason. They may not be a team that can go to Buffalo or Kansas city and win in a shootout. They may not have the pieces that you need to win the whole thing. And we no, I don't think anyone's suggesting that. But Mike Vrabel knows how to put his team in a position to win games. Weekend, I don't know if he's going to like this article, by the way. It was a little <laughs> backhanded at the beginning where it's like, wait a second. They're, well, but they're, no, but it's sharing everything that he does, all the secrets and stuff. And like, I, I think. I kind of, uh, I kind of enjoy the article, but I also am like, this is like when Jeffrey Simmons told Chris Jones that Malik Willis is playing. Like, you're just letting loose all these secrets, and I'm, I bet, because there's no comment from Mike Vrabel or anybody in the no. Titans staff, right? No. I mean, the only comments they use in this article were from his acceptance speech. And everything and an, else and is from other people. Yeah, anonymous. Uh, notice every single one was anonymous by yeah. the way. No, yeah. I don't I don't think it's giving away too many secrets. I think, you know, the off the false start thing is pretty interesting. I thought that's but like it is very clear. I don't think you needed that article but it was what I mean to suggest that Mike Vrabel doesn't know how to manipulate the game of football to his advantage better than almost anybody else. He he sees the he's I'm I we talked about this last week last Thursday. I think that he's the currently Number one or number two head coach in the NFL, and I, I think I would have a hard time not putting him as number one because he's he's dealt he's done more with less than what the Chiefs have had to deal with this year. Oh, I I totally agree with that. And then, so if you want to look at the, the so we know that Vrabel and the Titans are going to be in a position to play well 
and take advantage of their opportunities against Cincinnati. That's just mm-hmm. that's gonna that's what they do every single Sunday. And this offensive line sucks for the Cincinnati Bengals just as much as it yeah. sucks for the Tennessee Titans. So here, let me ask you a couple quick points about the matchup, and I want to get your thoughts on this rushing defense. Obviously, Joe Mixon, we don't know what his status is. Um, the concussion on Sunday night, we'll see. My fantasy team needed him to to stay in the lineup, but nobody cares. Uh, rushing defense for Cincinnati though. 155 against Baltimore, 228 on the ground against New Orleans, 107 against Atlanta, 172 against Cleveland. They they dominated Carolina, but okay. Uh, gave up 102 to Pittsburgh. They, they have not stopped the run, even though they've won four out of five and the Titans have won seven out of eight. So we're talking about two of the hottest teams in the AFC here. Cincinnati has not stopped the run. Do you expect to see similar strategy to that of the playoffs? Or is that just Derrick Henry slow start because of the injury? What do you think of the matchup? Well, they weren't really stopping the run game then either. Right. I mean, you get the guy. Remember, Deontay Foreman was carrying the whole team, you know, down the field in one drive, and then they inexplicably went away from him when they got into the end zone. Um, you know, to me, if I'm Derrick Henry, I'm looking at this game, the Philadelphia Eagles game, and the Chargers game to really put some distance between you and the other running backs in the field for this year's. Uh, rushing title okay. because there's no reason that really the Cincinnati that Derrick Henry couldn't go off for 200 yards against Cincinnati same with Philadelphia because they're not that good at r- the run defense and definitely for the Chargers I mean the Chargers uh, they're yeah they're bad. dead in the water um you know he's and then he gets to play Jacksonville in between that and Houston again does he have a track record of be- doing well against Jacksonville Oh, yeah. <laughs> but specifically, he gets to go against Houston as well. So, I mean, you're talking about down the stretch, multiple 200, 200 yep. yard games that are within within grasp. And, and even though the Bengals are playing better, I'll get to Burroughs numbers in a second. The Bengals are, again, four out of five. New Orleans, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Atlanta. Those are your four wins. Like, I know that the Titans don't have wins against the everyone that's elite. But you go on the road and beat Green Bay on a short day, a short week of rest. Like it's not like I know Green Bay is not Green Bay of old, but New Orleans, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta—that—that's not exactly setting the world on fire in terms of how well they Cincinnati has been playing, and the defense has been atrocious. Run, stop, stopping the run. The other side of it, I think, is interesting because again, we don't know exactly how healthy the Titans are going to be on defense, but it doesn't seem to matter. Joe Burrow, however, averaging 315 yards per game over his last five, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, like. 75%, 81%, 71%, 79%. Did you see something that Pittsburgh did? Because that was his worst per- completion percentage, only 61%. Did Pittsburgh do something that you think the Titans can can follow suit on? I mean, obviously, they're good at getting pressure on the quarterback. Well, I think that's all you got to do is you got to play your coverage with consistency. So even when Jamar Chase, you cannot have communication breakdowns when you're trying to pass off a receiver to, right. if you're like a, you, that Elijah Molden, Terrence Mitchell with Christian Watson back there, you, you, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. those have to be buttoned up. You are looking at this and you, you talk about his completion percentage. He's playing new Orleans. Who's not that good playing Atlanta, playing Cleveland. Cleveland was technically, I know he had yeah. a high completion percentage was not a very good game statistically, and then Carolina, I mean, basically that was the Joe Mixon, let's have, you know, six touchdowns in a game kind of kind of game. And then you had, you know, the Pittsburgh game. It's all about just getting pressure and getting pressure early, but turning that pressure into quarterback hits and sacks as early as possible. Because once you get in Joe Burrow's head, it's very hard for him to get out of it and to break away from seeing ghosts. And especially, especially 
when you're talking about the Tennessee Titans who have one of the best pressure rates in the NFL and, and they only rush for these four should be able to get home. They should be able to have a nine sack performance if they want to. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they I should agree. they should have it. I mean, well, I should say if they want to. Of course they want to, but they should <laughs> be able to have it. Well, and 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 Stoney from the Sobro says this, the Bengals will have to defend the Titans the same way Green Bay did because it, it could be another surprising passing game. And what I what the reason I bring that up is it feels like and I think Cincinnati's what point point and a half favorite in this one so Titans are a, a, a very slight underdog at home. I, yeah, you should be taking the points in Tennessee right, right now. Like why wouldn't the matchup result in a similar style of game? Then we've seen from the Titans every single week for the last month, two months where they've won seven out of eight. Like I can't figure out, I mean, other than Burrow and maybe just hitting some big plays down the field, maybe there's some X plays that they just have some blown coverages on and they, you know, Burrow is better than everybody they've played over the last two months. Maybe that's true. But otherwise, I can't find out, I can't find a matchup where it should be different than how the games have played out for the last two months. And if that's the case, don't the Titans have an insanely good chance to win that game like yeah uh, I, I don't see any reason why the titans don't win this game by at least a touchdown i mean that i don't care if jamar chase is in i don't care if jamar chase is out i think this tennessee titans team is just coached too well yeah. and is is a better coach team than again it's like a i don't think i don't believe in zach stacy or i say god dang it zach taylor i always call him zach stacy i don't I believe, do in, believe i don't in believe in him i don't believe in him either <laughs> yeah i and i don't believe in the cincinnati Bengals team i think that everybody okay. wants the Bengals to be good because they like joe burrow they like the white you know uniforms and all this stuff and so i think they get a lot of leeway when they haven't been that good of a team this year burrow's so cool though he's so cool yeah. joe cool. Joe cool. um i i think it's gonna be a fun matchup there's obviously some history there if the titans have if, if there is a history element to this that helps either team, it's clearly revenge helping the Titans mentally. And Mike Vrabel generally uses that very well as a motivator uh, to get Tannehill is going to go. so, want to put yeah, yeah. that game last year behind him. So I would almost expect, I know that it, I think Derek Henry is going to find some easy running lanes. I think he's going to have more yards and be more effective than what he was versus Green Bay. But in all honesty, I'm expecting another uh, pretty good game from Ron Tannehill. Uh, I want more number. I want more 16 and more 85. That's what yes. I want. Give me more of those two guys, creative ways to get them the football and let them work because those two guys have the talent and the athletic ability that no one else on the team has. Traylon Burks, Chickaconquo, get them the football. And I think they will. I think they will. I think they're going to run the ball. I think Hilliard's going to catch a few passes out of the backfield. I think it's going to look very similar. And I think the Titans play play really, really well. So anything else on the Titans game? I think it's, I think that I think just about does good. it. Uh, if you need anything else, it'll be on Football and Other F-Words. Football and Other F-Words on Wednesday, of course. you got Fringe Element, SEC Football. So if you want more of that, make sure you check out Fringe Element, all the other great pods from Broadway Sports as well as 440 Sports, The Pharmacy, The Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, three great locally owned. I'm going to get to your meats in just a second here. So just hang tight. Pharmacy, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors. Check out all of our sponsors. If, you, if you're looking for some booze for this weekend, if you want to Uber Eats some booze right to your house, just search Weiss Liquors, have them sent right to you. If you're looking to make a big decision about your house, don't do it until you talk to the Kingston Group. If you're doing some renovations, if you're going to buy, if you're going to sell, talk to the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. And, of course, the pharmacy, a wonderful and fantastic place to go eat if you want to change it up from turkey, which, of course, Zach is doing for Thanksgiving. I'm going to my mother's house with my wife and kids for, like, the first time since I've been married in, like, 10 years. We've never – we don't go to my parents' house very often. So I'm excited about Mama's Stuffing, which is by far the best side item on the table, cooked in the bird. But you have gone against the grain here, and you're you're saying no turkey. 
No turkey for you, for you and the family. No turkey, no ham. I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke uh, a whole beef tenderloin. Oh, I'm gonna smoke a rib roast, yeah. and then I'm gonna smoke a whole chicken. And uh, there we'll finish some of that stuff off on a charcoal grill. But we are going we're going totally different direction. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Just change it up and go with a bunch of red meats on Thanksgiving. Can you make a good sandwich out of that? All that the next day. Oh yeah, I, I mean, like- definitely you could do a chicken sandwich, ranch. You know, you get ranch, just put chicken on there, the cold yeah, chicken. Baby. Eat it cold; it's very good on white bread. Then, of course, you know, tenderloin and the primary oh. of the way I cook it because I cook it medium rare. Yeah, baby, rare to medium rare. I don't, I don't cater to anybody else if they don't want it. <laughs> hey, that's put it in why the you got the chicken. That's why you got the chicken. I will say that will make a hell of a sandwich too. Like you yeah. just and, and cold, like a little salt, little creamy horseradish. Like that, that. Oh yeah, that should that should work, dude. Um. Anyway, have a great Thanksgiving holiday, everybody. We'll be back on Monday, of course. Again, F words on Wednesday. Fringe element as well. Uh, all the stuff from Broadway and 440. We do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Have a great holiday, everybody. Be thankful for what you got. Be grateful for what you got. Be grateful for one more week of college football and the Titans being the best damn team in the NFL, apparently. (laughs) So uh, have a great one, everybody. We love you guys. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show, all that great stuff. For Zach, I'm Braden. Have a great holiday. This has been The Football Show. (laughs) 